This is The Camp with Zach Heilprin and the Athletics' Jesse Temple. Yes, welcome into The Camp. I'm Zach Heilprin. No Jesse Temple today. He had a conflict, was unable to attend practice and unable to do the show today. So uh, he'll be back with me very, very soon. We'll get into practice in just a second. Before we do, wanted to, again, push our social channels. We're trying to expand a little bit here with the camp. Obviously, we have our YouTube page that we've been pushing, and we certainly would appreciate you going and subscribing and, and watching there. We obviously appreciate everyone subscribing and listening wherever you are right now, even if it's uh, obviously just a podcast. We also have a Instagram account. It is the Camp Podcast. Go check it out. Could be posting some videos, doing some graphics up there that maybe we won't be posting elsewhere. So uh, please give us a follow there. And as a reminder, we are sponsored and brought to you by, in part, by Homefield Apparel, the best vintage gear that anybody is making. It's officially licensed, 150 colleges, including Wisconsin, but there's a lot of other really, really cool designs that they have from non-Wisconsin schools that are up there on their website, homefieldapparel.com. Check them out. All right, so Wisconsin's practice today, about two hours and about uh, a lot of scrimmaging. A lot of 11 on 11, and there was plenty to get to. I kind of feel like the best way to do this is to go position by position. And I'm going to start with probably the injury news, because I think that is maybe the most important aspect of what came out of today, is that Jake Renfro, who was penciled in as Wisconsin's starting center, at least in spring, he went down in spring for a majority and had a foot injury and was lost for much of spring. So he's kind of being a backup going into fall camp. He started to get a few first team reps last week or the last time we got to see practice, which was about 10 days ago. So it felt like maybe he was moving up, and then they were going to be able to maybe move Tanner Bordellini to guard, and that is now very much on hold because Jake Renfro is dealing with another foot injury. It's a foot injury to the other foot, not the one he hurt in spring, but his other foot, and it's a foot sprain. We talked to Coach Luke Fickle after practice today, and he said it's like a three or four week thing. Do they expect him back for week one? Probably not. Do they think they'll have him for week two? Maybe. It's not certainly not a guarantee. But at some point, hopefully, to get him back and into action. He has not played in a game since 2021, obviously, because he went and missed all of last year with Cincinnati with an, with an injury. He was working some of the rust off when we saw him in camp earlier this month. And that continues to be something that I think he is going to have to do because he hasn't played football in such a long time. So even if he does get back, it feels unlikely. And it, it, there's, there's no guarantee, but it feels unlikely that he's going to be able to jump up and grab that number one spot and be their starting center for a large majority of this year. Now, again, he's played football, uh, a lot of football for Luke Fickle, so they know what he can do. They don't necessarily have to learn who he is, but the injuries putting him behind the eight ball here in terms of what his impact would be, especially, especially, early in the season so offensive line wise while we're on it not much has changed for the offensive line since we last saw practice still Jack Nelson at left tackle still Joe Huber at left guard still Tanner Bordellini at center still Michael Fortney at right guard and still Ryan the Mallman at right tackle now there some guys get some work in there with them Trey Wedded got a little work at left guard in place of Joe Huber um, he's also been at different times working at right guard as well so there was not a whole lot different with the first line. The second line, there there was a little bit of a change. Nolan Rucci, who the five-star offensive tackle from Pennsylvania, who's been almost exclusively at left tackle, got some reps at right tackle. Like the first reps that we saw today were at the on the right side, and he doesn't look out of place there at all. He is 
certainly athletic enough to play anywhere on the line, but um, it's an interesting move because then they put Trey Wedig on the left side and got him some work over there as well. I don't know if that's getting Trey Wedig potentially ready if Jack Nelson were to go down. I don't know that. Uh, Nolan Rucci also then getting, did get some work back at left tackle later in practice too. So he's kind of flipping and flopping and moving uh, each side. But offensive line-wise, there's there was not there's not a ton of movement. There's not much different. Luke Fickle was asked after practice whether he had his five and his five starters, and it doesn't sound like he does. It doesn't feel like they are they're locked in there yet with that starting group. But we do have a little bit of a clearer idea of where Jake Renfro is in terms of whether he's going to be able to uh, help them early in the year. And it doesn't sound like at least early early in the year that that's going to be the case. The other position that's been hit hard by injuries is tight end. I mean, already knew going into camp that they were going to have be without Jack Eschenbach, be out, be without Clay Cundiff. Both those guys no longer with the program. You then go and lose. Um, you're without Cam Large as well, and now you're without Riley Nowakowski, who moved that moved to that position from fullback and was one of the better surprises for people in the spring. He is now done with a foot injury for three, four, five weeks. They're not positive. It's a very similar injury to Jake Renfro's injury, which was a, a foot sprain. So we'll see how long Riley Nowakowski is out. He was in a boot. He was on a scooter. And it doesn't seem like he'll be back anytime soon. So today, and Jack Pugh's still away from the team or away from practice. He's dealing with a personal matter. And the hope is to get him back, but they're not sure. Luke Fickle is kind of like if, you know, if you have a knee, you have an ankle, you kind of know when you're going to be back with Jack Pugh and his personal situation. There's no time on when exactly he will be back. So that is a little bit, it's a little bit tough. And it leaves them very, very thin at the tight end position. Today it was Hayden Rucci. It was Tucker Ashcraft. It was Cole Dokovich. It was JT Seagraves. Those were their four tight ends that they had. So, and I want to say it was Rucci. Actually, it was Rucci. I know it was. He had one big play, crossed the middle, wide open, about 20 yards down the field. Nice little crosser from uh, Tanner Mordecai. That was essentially the only big play from the tight ends. However, Mordecai loves throwing to Tanner, uh, to uh, Rucci. He threw to him at least four or five times in the scrimmage today. And a lot of the time, he's not overly open, but he's such a big body that you can throw it to him and allow him to make a play and uh, feel good about that. It's the ball's not going to end up in the other team's hands. I don't know that that is necessarily what they would want to do the entire year. I think they'd like to have a little bit more explosion out of that position. That's not to say Hayden Ruggie can't. I I think Hayden's had a great fall camp that we've seen. I think he's been a a bit of a surprise, uh, quiet, quiet surprise because he's dealt with injuries himself. He's missed a large amount of time with injuries, but he's been there throughout fall camp and definitely right now to me is their starting tight end. That said, I think a guy like Tucker Ashcraft, who has a little bit more juice to his game, could probably also be a big part of this. And he was running with the first team. And we know even before the injuries popped up, you know, he was getting some run with the second team and was really pushing for time. And now it's kind of by default that he's in there, but it's still something that I think they feel really, really good about. And he is a guy that I think has got a bright future at that position. He hasn't stepped on the field and played a game yet. Still very young. Can't remember the last time a true freshman tight end played a big role at Wisconsin. It's been quite some time. So he he probably will, though. 
um, whether it's through his talent, which I think is immense, or whether it's through need because of the injuries at the position. But we'll see how that plays out for them at uh, tight end. The other spots that uh, I wanted to talk about offensively, wide receiver. They continue to make plays and plays and plays. Now, they are also dealing with a little bit of an injury bug there. Uh, Keontes Lewis did not practice today. He was there throwing the ball around. Not exactly sure what the injury is there. It looked like uh, it's lower body, but we were not told. And Skylar Bell dropped out of practice early. Uh, didn't appear to be a big injury, uh, like a major injury by any stretch, but he was still on the sideline. We'll see if that is something that lingers. But they were without those two for much of, I mean, they, Keontes Lewis didn't practice. Skylar Bell was there for about half of it and then dropped out, which allowed some other guys to make plays. But the guys making plays are the ones that make plays throughout fall camp. It is Bryson Green, C.J. Williams, Jim Ray D.K. Well, Pauling's also back. Last time we were at practice, he got hurt. Uh, he's already back and practicing and doesn't appear to have any limitations and was not as involved today as I've seen in the past. But the other guys were. Bryson Green had a great, and it was a really nice throw from Braden Locke, right down the right sideline. He had beaten his guy by a couple yards. Ball was a little bit out in front of him, had to go dive for it, make the play. There's actually a picture of it up on UW's Twitter account, X account, whatever the hell you want to call it, that shows him leaping. You can't actually see the catch. I'm sure they'll have the video of the catch at some point. Probably is already out there by the time you're listening to this, too. But it was another great catch, another big-time play from Bryson Green, which is exactly what I would expect from him this year. I think he is going to be just absolutely dynamite for them on the outside. And it's also noteworthy that he and C.J. Williams were sharing first-team reps a lot more so than they were the last time we saw a practice. Bryson Green, I feel like, is pushing, pushing C.J. for that spot. And C.J., I think, is kind of feeling it. And later in practice, he caught uh, 30 I think it was a 32-yard touchdown from Braden Locke. Just a beautiful ball, right? A dime right in the bucket. And he held on. It wasn't even held on. He was a great ball. And it was, he had beaten his guy. And he was right on top of him. And he was uh, able to go in for the score. So C.J. Williams making plays. Tim Ray DK had maybe one of his better catches of camp. He's had quite a few of them that we've seen. And this one was in the red zone. Tanner Mordecai, third down throwing it up, kind of throwing it up, but he he knew that the DB had his back to him, and so he couldn't really see it. So he threw it up. Chimray went up and got it in the corner at the side of the end zone, two hands, double toe tap, got it in for the score. There were officials there, so I know that he got his feet in because they, they called it in. Now, whether replay would have overturned it, who knows? But it was a hell of a catch. He uh, got a little contact on his way to the ground and still held on, and he uh, got up, and the entire offensive sideline was going crazy going crazy so there was a lot of good plays from from those three guys I think they really stood out the one thing I will note about the tight end room and this was kind of something I asked Fickle about whether they could potentially move anybody into that room and he laughed and said we have thought about it and then he mentioned two guys that are versatile and could potentially do it one is Jackson Aker who played fullback last year is now at running back but has the t uh, body type to play tight end I believe he kind of lined up in that role a little bit his freshman year when they were at Rutgers. If I remember in this correctly, and it might've been in warmups when they were down fullbacks and he, yeah, maybe not, maybe not. I probably miss uh, not thinking about that straight. Irrelevant either way. He's versatile enough to play tight end fullbacks and tight ends were kind of interchangeable 
the last few years. So he kind of has that ability to do it. And the other guy is why I bring it up while talking about the wide receivers is Chris Brooks Jr. And a guy who, you know, we have talked about, it was kind of him and Tommy McIntosh, two bodies that are big and kind of have, you would think the physical ability to play a little tight end. Tommy McIntosh, a little bit taller, a little bit thinner. Chris Brooks Jr., thick. I don't know what else to say about that. Um, he is. He's thick, and he's strong, and he has the ability to push people around. And so we kind of saw him a little bit in that role today, getting the ball out in space, also being a blocker. I think he could do the job if they needed to at tight end. He's almost – I mean, he weighs – 225 there's i mean some of their tight ends are right around 230 it's just like he's not tall he's kind of same similar to riley Nowakowski. he's about 6162 and so that's plenty tall enough for to do some of the things they want a tight end but he's it's not you know hayden rucci 66 or you know cam large 64 or some of the or tucker ashcraft 64 65 type of stuff so that's it that's the difference he just doesn't have necessarily the height that goes along with that position some other things on offense quarterback wise i didn't think it was a bad day by any stretch for Tanner Mordecai. There were some really nice throws. There's some really good plays defensively. There were a few balls here and there that you may have wanted back, but he didn't turn it over at all, which again, I think is the biggest thing that I'm looking at for him just based on his history. There were times, there were times where he, you know, got in trouble with, with uh, some turnovers. So has not necessarily made any of the dangerous, dangerous throws outside of a couple to Hayden Rucci in traffic. But again, the throw to DK was great. There was a couple more throws over the middle that were, were dimes. So he, he was good. He, he wasn't bad. He was, he was Mordecai. He was, he was steady. He was steady. Braden Locke was a little bit more up and down. Some amazing throws. The one to, the one to CJ Williams, the one to, um, Bryson Green, like both of those were really great throws. There were some others that he probably would want to have back. But again, that that is kind of what it's been with Braden Locke. A lot of good and some bad, but he will can he'll keep keep chucking it. He'll keep chucking it quarterback wise. Miles Burkett maybe had his best day and moved moved the ball, period. An absolute dime bullet across the middle for a first down in deep in the red zone. And he later took the ball in on what would have been a quarterback keeper i mean it was a option he kept the ball went in for a touchdown would have scored even without whether they were tackling quarterback quarterback or not he would he he would have scored so he maybe had his best day that we saw it was not a great day for dick evers he got four plays it's it, it wasn't great and he got and he got pulled after four plays and miles burkett took the reps from him so still very much a work in progress i think with those guys running back wise, Raylan Allen had a couple of, a couple of impressive carries, impressive carries where he kind of showed again, the burst that we kind of saw down in Platteville a little bit that, you know, little showing some patience, showing some vision, but then when you see the hole go, and he did that a couple of times today, Ches Malusi had maybe the spin move of camp. CJ Getz was on top of him almost from the begin from the time he got the ball and just spun him. And we, we were talking about it in the stands would he have made that tackle if it was in a game? Because you're you're not tackling at this point. I don't think he would have. I don't think he would have made the tackle. It was a great, it was a great move from Chess. 
great move from Chez and took off around the side for, for what would have been a nice gain. Uh, Jackson Aker and, and, um, and Katie Akamelli both now still working with that, th- those threes, or I should say the second group essentially, but the working for that number three job and they kind of shared carries. And I don't think that either one of them really jumped out today. So that is what it is going to the other side of the ball. As I said before, very little changed in terms of the lineups. It was still the first team defense was still when they went in their dollar package, it was still the three safeties with Wohler and Travion Blaylock and Kamoe Latu, the corners, Jason Matry in the slot, Ricardo Hallman, and Alexander Smith on the outside, the linebacker, CJ Getz, the, I should say the outside linebacker, hand on the ground was CJ Getz, and then the two defensive linemen, Rodis Johnson and Gio Piaz. But then some other guys got some reps in there too. James Thompson Jr. did, and um some of the other some of the other defensive linemen that are making some noise, Ben Barton. Also, uh, Arian Barner has gotten a little bit of run with the second team. Again, they're still trying to find their, their six, seven guys that can play up there. We also saw, and then two inside linebackers were actually Jake Cheney and Mumajong Mehta. And the second group was Tate Grass and Jordan Turner. So they, but as we talked about with Jesse, they have three starters there at, at linebacker. CJ Getz, I think, is a guy that, and Luke Fickle was asked about him afterwards. He doesn't do anything that just jumps out and hits you in the face like great, but he's so steady. And then he'll make these plays. He, he made a TFL today where he's, you know, and that's ex- exactly what they want out of their defensive ends. And essentially that's what he is in, in their, their 335 or their, that, that dollar package. They want, chaos they want guys that are going to play on the other side of the line of scrimmage and he's got that ability he is as good of a run stopper for an outside linebacker as you can want it was this pass rush thing that he wanted to step up on and he's and he has but a lot of it is creating chaos and getting away from guys and, and playing in the backfield and he did that uh on one play today jake cheney blew up was what would have been a what would have blown up what was a swing pass out to the outside would have absolutely destroyed the guy and Mumajong Meta, despite playing with this cast on his hand, with that, despite playing with this big club, continues to make plays. He is relentless. And we we mentioned this on our last show, but when he's coming, man, when he's coming on the blitz, there are not people that want to pick him up, especially because you know what's coming, especially Wisconsin guys, because you know what's coming. Maybe the first time a guy in a game does it, he'll, he won't know what to expect and he'll stick his nose in there. But after a couple times, Mumajong Meta is going to make guys you know tense up when he's coming through there and then all of a sudden he can slip him he can do a little dips because he's got some just he's a little bit he's a little bit shorter so he has the ability to cut corners and cut angles very very quickly and we saw that today a little bit um trying to think of some of the other the other linebackers Terrell Peterson also is getting some run in in that CJ in that uh hand on the ground defensive end position in the dollar so it feels like so in in spring he was kind of working in the dollar spot right like it was when Hunter Waller wasn't in there Daryl Peterson was back there it feels like they've kind of said no to that and put his hand on the ground and we know how good of a pass rusher he was in high school he put up I think it was twenty five plus sacks over his final two years in high school in Ohio in a really good high school program so that'll be a good spot for him as well. Cornerback, uh, I should say safety-wise, Kamoe Latu, 
man, he loves to hit. He loves to hit. And he would have, he came on a blitz and he came on a blitz unchecked and he came on a blitz unchecked from the blind side today. Luckily for the Badgers quarterbacks, he couldn't hit him. But whoever that quarterback would have been, an opposing quarterback would have been, I'm not sure they're getting up after that hit. He was coming hard. He 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 didn't hit anybody. He didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do anything wrong. But if that was a game, I would feel bad for the quarterback because he had he was coming. He was coming, and he when he hits, he hits with force. And him and Hunter Wall are both, and obviously Travion Blaylock too. All their, I mean, just go down the line of their safeties. All their safeties are guys that are going to come up and and knock you around. You know, Preston Zachman and Austin Brown. Like they have a ton of guys that love to hit. And Kamoi Latu would have taken, would have taken whatever quarterback was there out. Uh, secondary wise, at the corner spots. Not a huge, not not a ton of big plays today for the offense. I mentioned a few of them, obviously, but not a ton of big plays, and that had a lot to do with what Alexander Smith and and Ricardo Hallman continue to do, and Jason Matry as well. They don't, they have not given up a ton of big plays. Most of the big plays that we've seen, especially today, outside of no, actually the Chimray DK one was too. All three of the big plays that were made that I mentioned before came against the second team defense. The Wisconsin corners, the starting corners have been locked in, locked in. The, the backups, you know, whether, whether it's Jonas Taclona or Nizier Forkarine, those are two guys that are continuing to get better, continuing to get some reps. Uh, the third team was a mixture. Some of it was Amari Snowden. Some of it was um, some of it was Jace Arnold. Like some of these guys that we have seen some time, uh, not even seen time, um, some of these guys, like Jay Sarno, who play in the spring, now work with the third team. Mari Snowden coming in late, not late, but in the summer, didn't, didn't come in as an early enrollee, working with the third team. Still remarkable, his size. The only guy that can make Tommy McIntosh not look tall is Mari Snowden. So he's going to make some noise at some point. Special teams-wise, we got kicking, a little bit of kicking, five kicks, Van Zelst and... Bacos each hit all of their kicks, and I'm going to have to look at this look this up a little bit here um, before uh, before I give it because I don't want to be I don't want to be off on the numbers here. Uh, Van Zelt hit his extra point and hit from 35 yards out. Bacos was good from 31 yards out, 41 yards out, and also an extra point. So there, that's still Bacos. That's still Bacos. And the punting job, Asgis Bertram still working with the first team and. I, uh, there's some video up on our YouTube page of him punting. There's one punt. Can't tell how far it goes, but it looked all right. It looked all right. I mean, if you want to do the, a deep dive, maybe you can figure out how long it was. Uh, but some of the people in stands might have that. Maybe a Colton Bartholomew has that, uh, at the state journal. I do not. So all in all, an interesting practice, all in all, an interesting, you know, stretch, uh, a couple guys, or a couple people in the stands uh, that noticed, obviously Barry Alvarez was there and Don Davey, former Badger defensive lineman, former NFL defensive lineman was there as well. The officials, as I mentioned, also there, which was interesting because it was, it was a pretty flag heavy day. And this was kind of what I was referring to. And you talk about, I don't know, are, are they being sloppy or are they not? When you don't have the officials, you don't know. And when you have the officials there, it kind of gives you a better idea of exactly 
things would go well, what things would not go well, whether they would be called for holding, whether they'd be called for pass interference, like all those things pop up when you get officials there. And there were quite a few flags today. Now I will say a lot of those flags, at least in my opinion, or at least in, you know, my recalling of it were some of the third string guys. It was, you know, the young guys, there was a lot of flags with the young guys, the first team, not so much, but there were a few, there were a few. And I think the officials, I think they brought them in starting last week. So they're getting a better idea of exactly what they can do and, and what they can't do. I wanted to run through before closed up here. I wanted to run through some of the guys that were not practicing that I haven't met already mentioned Isaiah Mullins still down with an injury. Uh, Aaron Witt still has yet to, to rejoin things. Max Lofi, a guy who could potentially factor in as the backup slot uh, cornerback, not practicing yet. Tretch Kekahuna also still in a boot and has yet to t- take part in any practices since coming. Kurt Neal looks to be working his way back. He has shed the crutches. He's doing some running today, defensive lineman. So that's that was good to see. And I think that is, I think that's it. I think that's it in terms of guys that weren't practicing uh, today. So I believe that's the last practice we'll get to see. Who knows? But for now, that is what we have. And uh, Jesse, again, will be back with me here in a little bit. And uh, we'll get things going. Two weeks from today, two weeks from today, Wisconsin will be taking the field against Buffalo. Can't wait to have a game to actually talk about. Until then, or until next time, I should say, you've been listening to The Camp.